What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of 94 Feet with Coach JT. Do me a favor, please leave a like, um, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let me know what you think, man. Those comments really mean a lot as I try to build this show and try to just, you know, ramp it up and just keep things going. Um, also, before we get into the intro of my, my guest that took a ride down the, the hill today, um, I do want to give a shout out. Actually, um, throw some prayers in the air for everybody that's um, overseas. We had a lot of uh, uh, men and women lose their lives over the weekend. And what's going on overseas, but also um, to just all the people down in, in Louisiana, man. I mean, I've been down there for school. My folks down there, my aunties in Moss Point on the Gulf Coast, man. Prayers for everybody down in Louisiana, man, going through this uh, another hurricane, man. So I definitely want to just share my prayers out for you guys because uh, it's, it's definitely going to keep coming. But you guys stay safe and, uh, you know, bunker down. All right, bear with me as I get into this intro. I, mean, I want to get this right and make sure I do not mess this up. My guest today is born in Toronto, Canada. However, she is Oakland raised. She is currently um, the director of the Women's Universal Basketball Association in California and a fourth-year pro ball player. Oakland raised, like I said. Um, she also has played in El Salvador, France, Australia, Norway, Greece, and Egypt. Her focus at home remains is simple, to elevate her community by providing a platform for the athletes to further their own careers. Also, she was named in 2020 the WBA Rookie of the Year. Again, like I said, she is now the director. But I think the biggest thing right now, 2021, she was currently in the reigning WBA champion, um, Fatima Amin-Ra. Hey, how you doing, Fatima? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, as you know, in the beginning of basketball, uh, 94 feet with Coach JT, we, we like to get right into it. We're going to jump into this thing. But I got to ask, um, Toronto, Canada, um, being from Toronto or being born in Toronto, growing up a little bit there, what was that like at an early age for you? Uh, at an early age, you know, I spent a lot of time with my family. I actually moved to the Bay Area when I turned five. So, you know, that time in the beginning, I'm just chilling with my family. That's mostly it. So, so you make this that long trip from what to the bay? Um, you get there five going on. So now you get into the, to the different lifestyle and the different dynamics from Canada to Oakland at an early age. Could you already see the adjustment in culture and shift where you're from? Oh, definitely. Um, I think when I got here, it's pretty much you're having to start over. Uh, it's a new environment. You don't know many people other than your family. But when I got here, I think the community was pretty like welcoming. Um, I got here and, you know, my family spent most of the time at the mosque over in Berkeley, kind of like right off of, uh, it used to be right off of Martin Luther King. Right. Um, but I spent most of my time there. I kind of developed my sense of community there and, yeah, community and family. That's what's up. Family is definitely, it's key, <laughs> man. I definitely got to always harp on the family, man. You, you definitely need the, need them. Um, so as a as a young athlete, I understand that the the resume is basketball, the 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 future is basketball, the now is basketball. However, but just growing up, what other sports, if any, did you dibble and dabble in? <laughs> uh oh. Okay, so as a kid, um, I really loved playing flag football. Huh? Um, shifty, Gotta yeah, be shifty. You no, know, I was a little wide receiver. <laughs> I was I was yep. getting these touchdowns whenever I could. But um, I played a little softball as well. Wasn't as good, but I think my if I wasn't playing basketball, it was ping pong. <laughs> okay, hand-eye coordination, yeah. speed for sure. No, I'll I spent definitely. I spent a good amount of time at like the Lincoln Center over in Chinatown. Oh, you getting like, it in? Yeah, I, I seen the guys play, the older gentlemen play, and I'm like, how can they, you know, 
It's like, amazing. They all do the things that they're doing. So I'm like, okay, let me ask them. They were super chill. They taught me, and whenever I would be finished with basketball or the courts would be closed outdoors, I would go inside and get a couple games in. That's what's <laughs> up. And that's that's definitely a respectable sport. You got to be quick <laughs> on your toes, your hands, everything, your eyes. So I definitely Oh, okay. yeah, I'm kind of nice. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I got a couple partners who play, too, man. We always compete. We go out and we go on trips. We see a ping pong table. It gets pretty intense, but, I mean, I'm, we always up for a challenge, but I'm a little rusty. So. I mean, I just ordered one whenever oh, you, you want serious? the smoke oh, yeah. come through. Uh, no, I don't know. You're real serious. <laughs> I'm going to have to let that one go. I know, when the, know my battles. Um, so at what point? Did you start to focus on th- this this thing we talked offline pre-show about the the love of basketball, just the basketball in general? When did that shift for you? Kind of like, okay, let me get into this hoop thing a little more seriously or devote some more time into this game. Um, it kind of, I probably made that shift probably around like middle school time, like uh, kind of around the time of like September 11th a little bit. During that time, like, I had a super crazy change in my life. Like, my family and I, we ran out of money, so we ended up living in a homeless shelter. And I had to switch schools. My environment changed. A lot of things changed for me. And I really developed that love for the game because it kind of just made me feel like a regular person. Like, I didn't have all of these other things going going on around me in my environment. So, <laughs> I was good. Um... I had people really just like invest in me and kind of, you know, tell me to just stick with what I'm doing. This is my passion. See it through. It could really take me a lot of places as long as I put the time in mm-hmm. and, you know, the love for the game is going to continue to develop. So and definitely on, on this show, we, we, we talk highs, right, and, and, and successes all the time on my show. But you already jumped into adversity segment or like a. a a low time in your life and your family but just as a young lady as a young athlete um how did you push through that because i think those are some of the those, that is the important part of the stories that i like to present on here because we all celebrate wins right people celebrate yeah. those but it's those those tough times where you got to push or you got to dig deep or you got to somebody's got to lift you up or uplift you that to overcome that makes the story what it is during those times how did you get out of that you guys make it through there um Honestly, like from a very young age, um, my mother instilled in us that, you know, we want to treat others the way that we would like to be treated. Um, Words have power. So whatever you're throwing out there into the universe, that's what you're going to manifest for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I quickly saw like what type of environment that I was living in. And I made that decision at a very early age that that's not the life that I want for myself. I want better. I want my family to have better. I know that this current situation that I am in isn't permanent, but I know that if I work hard enough, I'll be able to create something for myself so that, you know, later on down the line, we're in a much better position than we were, you know, than we started in. So that's kind of where it it, it started off. Yeah. So you get that that drive, you get that burning desire now to to shift your your narrative, right? You get, I got to, I got to make some change. I got to make a change. Um, Pick up the ball more. And as you know now, right, with, with gyms and training, I ask, I definitely ask this question on every show, though. We talked about um, one of one of somebody we both know, uh, Danielle Viglion. Mm-hmm. I've been told um, that she clocked over 10,000 hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and you know, if you know DV, she's a bucket. and But Almost she spent definitely. time outside, right, doing that with the boys. She always talks about that. So for you, just to estimate, like, just give me a little bit of how much time, not out total, but just throughout the day, how many, how much time a day would you put in working on your craft as a young lady, young baller? 
I mean, I know Danielle. She's been around the game for a very <laughs> yeah, long time. She's so a I, vet. Def- I know she's gotten she's those 10,000 hours. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever school got out, I'm at the Lincoln Center. Or I'm at the Diamond Park over in Oakland. Or I'm at wherever a gym is open. Because, like, obviously, back in the day, we didn't have access to gyms like mm-hmm. the players do now. So right. I got my, I got my, you know, time in on the blacktop. And I think, if anything, I put in about probably somewhere around like 5,000 hours. But I find myself to be like a workhorse. I'm constantly yeah. working. I'm trying to find new ways to innovate my game. I'm working out with whatever trainer I feel that is able to benefit me right. um, in the best way possible. So That's what's up. Yeah. There it is. I mean, hey, like I said, those, <laughs> some people haven't reached that platform, right? So yeah. you're a step ahead. Um, as we get into said middle school, high school type thing. So being out there, what high school did you go to? Okay, so my first high school, I ended up going to, I went to St. Joe's. But look, my first choice, I wanted to go to Berkeley High. I don't know why. I was just like, I wanted to go to Berkeley High. And I went to this workout Mm -hmm. at St. Joe's. It's the school that Jason Kidd went to um, over in Alameda. So I went to the workout. The coach was like, we could we could use you. We could do a little something. So I'm like, okay. And it's a private school. So you already know they're... It's like Mm 10000 to go there just off, like, the first year for tuition. So they do a little something. I end up getting in. But mind you, like, obviously, it's high school. We're just now, you know, moving out of the shelter, so we don't really have any money for me to, like, go there. I ended up doing my first year there. Didn't really go as planned just because, like, I was used to being a street baller. So I'm working through a system now. I'm working on Mm -hmm. how to be a... a certain player fulfilling it within a role but I don't think my coach had enough time to kind of work on me with that one-on-one especially as a freshman when mm-hmm. she has upperclassmen that she has to deal with to try and get them like college yeah. offers and stuff like that yeah. so I ended up meeting um, the JV coach at the time Kenya Babers um, he was amazing just because outside of his practices he really took the time to help me develop my game so when he ended up leaving uh St. Joe's after my first year he ended up getting a coaching job over at Ensenel High School it's also in Alameda it's just on the opposite side time to go yeah <laughs> time to go. so we ended up going there I go to Ensenel they probably won like four games in the last three four years at that you know for that program but he did a great job of recruiting along with the other coach that they had there um they ended up bringing us in. We ended up winning, like, 15 games the first year. Um, we made it to playoffs every single year after that. Yeah. But um, I think during high school, just, like, with him bringing me in and being that father figure slash mentor that I needed, it really helped me to just, like, um, navigate through, you know, trying to become a better player, yeah. be more coachable, um, be more accepting to criticism. And stuff like that yeah very important that's what's up so through your high school career there um again that's a section we talk about a little highs and <laughs> talk, i know you have a couple highlights because again i'll get to the some of the stuff i saw on instagram that i nah. posted and it went crazy <laughs> and i'm like okay i'll ask about that later but high school just give me a couple things that you know that you'll never forget like some of those high moments where you're like okay this was this was it this is high school basketball for me in in the bay like i said you're playing like you said you're playing in a well-lit area out there for basketball yeah, no, a couple like, highlights a couple games I mean, we played against Berkeley High, and you know back then they went to state like almost every single year. Right. Um, I think like my junior year, uh, we ended up beating them in like the West Coast like Jamboree mm-hmm. tournament. So that was like one of the highlights to take away. Um, 
we ended up making it to like second round of like NCS playoffs, which is okay. like huge because obviously like within the last couple of years, the program didn't really do as well as it would have liked to. So we right. kind of, you know, changed the culture at the school. Um, we turned it from like a program that was just like, I guess we'll compete. The doormat, yeah. Yeah, to like a program that's like, okay, we're here, we have good kids, we're building a foundation so that the next generation to come, they're ready to put in that same work. That's what's up. Yeah. That's 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 good. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it's about. Somebody's got to start it, right? Somebody's yeah. got to start it, so you get to put your stamp on it that way. Um, let me ask this. So during the that high school phase, let's go out of freshman, freshman year at St. Joe's, you go to, uh, you switch schools. Let's go from sophomore, in between sophomore and senior year. Yeah. How much... Um, what did you add to your bag, as they say now, to add to your game coming up? Like, you know, playing outside street ball a little more, but now yeah. coming to high school, somewhat system, but also you got to bring, you got to improve your skill set. What did you do at that point? I think I really started to develop more of a jump shot. Hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie, my three pointer was trash back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, all right, just defend the drive. Like, okay. I was able to get to the basket because, you know, I really worked on my handles. Like, growing no. up, I looked up to Allen Iverson. Like, uh, I wanted to yeah, be I just tell. as shifty I can as see that. he was. I can see yeah. it. So I got by well enough just by, like, on driving to the basket, creating and stuff like that. But um, during that time, I really had to develop a jump shot, especially as uh, a point guard. Being the size that I am, I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> no post-up like, coming. College comes. No I'm like, up. the girls are, like, six. Three, six, at every level. Yeah, at right? every Big level. Time, you know so I'm mean? like, you got to add something else to your bag so that right. you're still as, you know. So you talked successful. about AI. Yeah. One of your, one of, one of <laughs> not a problem, right? But who else was in that, um, in that area? Because again, you know, everybody had certain people. Who are some other people that you just give me your top three or five if you want to that you top can name. Top three or five. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I really looked up to Alexis Gray Lawson. Um, she went She's to Cal. Tough. She ended up going to. Uh, I'm sorry. Did Alexis? Lex went. Uh, she got signed. I forgot what team she got signed to the first year, mm-hmm. um, but she ended up going and playing with the Phoenix Mercury right, um, okay, right yeah. after her first year overseas. So I looked up to her, ended up playing with her sister over at SNL. Okay. So we ended up pretty much being like family after That's that. Um, I looked up to Shannon Bobbitt. I think the first like pro, not pro, but college game I got to see, was I was cold. really a big fan of Tennessee. So when they came yeah. down here to play Stanford she was cold. with Candace Wiggins and Jane Appel and all them, like I got- Wiggins was tough too though. <laughs> Oh my gosh, she's so fiery. <laughs> she was tough, man. But I had so much respect for Shannon Bobbitt because I'm just like, she was Size, five two. Uh-huh. <laughs> she went to a JUCO. Yep. Ended up going to a D one, a very good program, and doing big things for the program. Yep. Like that, that was big to me. At, at that point, I was just like, okay, if she could do it, I definitely can do it. Like uh, I don't, I know coaches will tell you all the time, you're this, you're that, you're undersized, you're too small, you need to gain weight. But I'm like. I have an example right here in front of me. Perfect. Yeah. Um, her, I really like Candace Parker's game as well. Um, and then just pro players like Kobe, definitely. Um, and then <laughs> I watched Steph in the beginning um, when he got to the Warriors. Um, but I think as time went on, I really started to – um, fall in love with Steph Curry's game and kind of like implement my game a little bit after. That's what's up. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good list, man. Like I said, everybody's bring something different to the table. That's the thing. Yeah. It's diverse, right? They're not all the same player. Yeah, they're all different players, which is which is so dope. It makes it. Um, 
So come out of high school, I mean, you know how it is now. These kids now can advocate for themselves. They can post a picture, a video. They can coach look at me. Um, at that point, what was on, what, if anything, what was, if nothing, nothing, what was on the table for you at that point? Because, you know, nowadays these kids are verbal committing in middle school. I'm they, saying. You know, so, so now it's definitely <laughs> different, right? Like that journey is crazy. So what was on the table, if anything, for you at that point? Honestly, I had no offers on the table. Um, but – you know, I never really had anything easy growing up, so I always had to work for something. And I figured out that if I wanted to play in college, like, I needed to advocate for myself and reach out to these college coaches. So I ended up going to a JUCO. I went to um, City College of San Francisco my first year. Um, the coach originally wasn't, like, recruiting me. She was recruiting um, my friend that I went to school with. Um, so I ended up going to one of the workouts she ended up, you know, taking me on as a bonus. Um, first half of the season was great. I was playing. I felt like, you know, I was a part of the team. I felt like I was, you know, playing within my role. Mm -hmm. And then things switched up. But, you know, I never gave up on myself. I still bet on me. And I did my best to just push through it, regardless if I was getting playing time or not. Um, I knew that, you know, if I could help my teammates – and if my opportunity came, like, I would still be ready. So I'm, you know, I'm going to stay ready regardless. But that year I didn't really get to play that much second half of season. So I had to work on other aspects of my game, being a better teammate, being supportive, um, playing that, you know, bench role, bringing that energy. Um, but, you know, I guess we did well enough that we finished second in the state and we got a conference championship. So well, that's, that's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Given the shift, though, right? So, uh, yeah. like, again, adversity, more adversity, going from playing, not playing. I mean, I'm coaching now. I was going on 15 years coaching. Yeah. Playing similar role in high school, having to do that, and then going to junior college myself. I'm a J JC life is different. J and people, yeah. I, I say it all the time, you got to respect JC athletes because the, the grind is dog-eat-dog mentality. You, are, you have to be built differently. <laughs> you have to have a certain type of mentality because, obviously, like, there's new people coming in every day. This is your second chance. This well, even <laughs> even for me, first chance, right? But I'm saying it's guys that are um, – I graduated early. I'm 17 in junior college, but I'm like, these dudes are 22, 23 years right old. Then, yeah. It was no more – it wasn't that, you know, we didn't reclass back then. You didn't do all that. So I wasn't – I mean, I probably would have liked to have been 18, 19. Yeah. But these guys are 24, 25. I'm like, these dudes are 6'4", six, 6'0". Six so, you know, I definitely <laughs> – you know, it's just – it's everybody's story, which is, you know, is – you come out of – you make it at JUCO – yeah. It, it, and plus, please believe you come for somebody's spot. Juco people are not waiting around after no, they do it in two is, years. It's <laughs> very cutthroat. And I feel like I've always had this mentality. If you can make it in California, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. It's just like not even in sports, but just like That's, hey. you got to be able to create for yourself. <laughs> if you believe in yeah. yourself, you have to bet on you and stick by that until something changes. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely college, feel I that. had to. <laughs> so, <laughs> before you get to college, though, before you get to college, the second year Juco. Yeah. Same school or what? No, I switched. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I ended up going to the school that beat us. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. 
I went to Santa Rosa Junior College. Santa Rosa, I went too. To, oh, my gosh. I've lost to them so many times. They are uh, solid. Post-games. They're very they, fundamentally they sound. They stay solid. They're oh. fundamentally sound. The same coach, the guy coach is probably there when you were there. Um, went to Arizona, you know, coach Arizona. I think so. He's still there. Yeah. He's just, but, I mean, they get a, they're they're pretty consistent and dominant, but they've oh, they've clipped me so many times. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts Santa Rosa, you know. Respect to them, though, man. Good, good coach up there, man, and a good program. But yeah. it just, I don't forget the losses. Like, I never, them losses up there, triple overtime one year. I mean, it was some crazy games. Just oh, like. they have they have <laughs> some shooters at their school. Their men's team is like Always. they're consistent. Yeah. They they come to play. Okay. But I think um, that year I really learned a lot just because like I was your environment a, was different, correct? I was in a very different environment mm-hmm. than what I'm used to. Santa Rosa, yes. Oakland, yes. Two different sides of the spectrum. It is yeah. very. It's so. for real. <laughs> let's let's keep it. We keep it a hundred on the show for real. It's definitely different. You know that yeah. dynamics is different. The environment. The pressures or the whatever is different looked upon, you know, it's different out there, you know. So, but again, if you can make it from where you're at, yeah, you stuck it, it out. It's not very diverse. So I'm yeah. like one of the very few black people right. out there. So, I'm like, okay, I have to not fit in, but I'm like, okay, I have to change some certain things about myself you so find that, you. you know, I feel comfortable being, being here. But, like, right. obviously, I feel like I fit in anywhere, but um, being there, I pretty much was like forced to kind of change up just like how I was Mm -hmm. just because like I know there's certain things I could have gotten away with in the Bay Area which wouldn't have it wouldn't fly out there so I really had to I I learned a lot out there that year and I think looking back like even I talked to the coach me and the coach are still cool now um but we've had some really good conversations and I definitely like appreciate her for just being patient with me because obviously like it's different you're (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you needed that, right? Yeah. You, you needed that to make it in that environment, that time in your life when yeah. you're at, and definitely. But coaches, people, again, their mentors, their father figures, their I mean, mother figures, that whatever they need yeah. for certain athletes who are welcome for it. So that's definitely. I mean, shout out to coach. Like yeah. I said, if, if it got you through it, um, Lacey's a solid one. There you go. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, after Santa Rosa, is it straight back to Toronto? Or did you get or no, something else? not not yet. So I ended up going to the little. Um, what is it? Showcase. They had uh-huh. it over at Delta. And yeah, Delta. Yep. So they had the showcase. The sophomore there. showcase. Yep. It. Didn't have any offers still, but mm. I ended up um, getting a scholarship to play at Texas A&M International. Uh, the coach was there at the time, and she was picking up one of my friends. She picked up like four or five kids from Cali that year to play um, yeah. at the school, and I happened to be one of them. I got out there. Wasn't coaches will tell you a lot of stuff. <laughs> True. Coaches will definitely tell you a lot of things. So when I, you know, me being, you know, as trusting as I was back then, mm-hmm. um, I believed her. And it was definitely like a very, um, another once again, another culture shock. But it was a very different experience than I had had with her in California. So I had to, again, kind of go back into that role that I had in my first year of college. Even if I'm not playing, still be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, still be supportive. Still be that positive Super energy on the bench. Yeah. yeah. Were you let down at any point, want to come home, want to stop playing, want to quit during that transition? Because, again, we, we all know it's like for somebody to give you advice, information, or get you to do something, open up, be vulnerable. Yeah. Which you were at that point in your life. And you live in California. Yeah. You're not going back to like where you're home, where you're familiar with, and you go down there at any point where you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to quit or do something else. Or I definitely feel like that. Like, I know I don't call my mom and cry on the phone too often. So when I do that, she knows it's bad. Get that phone call. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I did that once, but you know, um, I talked to her. She told me to stick with it because obviously not a lot of people get the opportunity that I get. Like people would kill for a scholarship. Mm -hmm. People would kill for an opportunity to continue to play in college. And I've, you know, I've gotten that same talk from a few of my other mentors while, you know, I'm away at school. So, you know, I had to put my big girl pants on. I had to figure <laughs> it out. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, like I know this isn't the end for me. This is just a rough patch right now. I just need to keep pushing. And when my opportunity is here, it'll be here and I'll be ready for it. So, That's what's up. Yeah. What is your? I mean, I have an idea. What is? What is? What, but what is? The, no. What is? What does that keep going? That that I'm gonna get done. Put my big girl on type thing come from like the adversity growing up, or just the parents still there, or just some people say. I mean, I know some people are just in them too though. Where does that come from for you? I mean, I think it's been in me. I, I don't think I've had the easiest childhood or just lifestyle. And I know that if I don't keep going, then no one else is going to be able to do it for me. So, I mean, I know I'm allowed to have my moments where I'm, you know, feeling emotional mm -hmm. or feeling vulnerable. Um, but I know I got to I got to keep going. I know this is not the end for me. I know what my purpose is. I want to live within my purpose. So I need to keep going to get there. It's bigger than me at this point. So I'm just like. I know that if I can make it other girls that are in my position or other people that are in my position, I can use my lifestyle as an example to tell them, keep betting on you, keep doing what you do, like keep doing what you need to do to get to where you want to be. It's it's not crazy, but you say find your purpose, right? I mean, yeah. man, God, I'm, I just turned 39 last month. You do not look 39. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 39. And, um, but just how, how did you, how do you get to mark or feel as your purpose? Like, how do you, when did you get that feeling like because for me it's different I, I think I found mine you know what I'm saying with coaching teaching and mentoring and stuff like that with kids and young males whatever but it's a dope thing for people to find that I've learned that from people I read books about people I know um, people who are in my circle right we find their, it's like you can see their purpose in that but yeah. how does it make you feel to find your purpose though <sighs> like I know even before we had this like this talk going um, you just read that comment that that girl left yeah, we might have to pull that up in a minute, I think. So I don't know, just a little bit, but we'll we'll keep going. So for that's certain. a friend of mine. Yeah. But I think I know where I'm supposed to be. I think I know what I should be doing because I have people like that, you know, mm -hmm. thanking me for helping them get to where they want to be. Because it's just like we grow up, we watch movies like Love and Basketball. Yeah. And I'm watching Monica and I'm like, I want to play in Spain. I want to yeah. play at USC. Like, right. I want to be a baller. I want to be respected. I... I want to put on for the next generation. So I'm just like, I need to keep going because it's not just about me. Like I'm creating this foundation for the next person to come along and, you know, put that next brick down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it, it takes that. That's that, It takes that for real. So Texas, you already got a Texas. Oh, man. Next stop. I went back to the homeland. I went so, straight up north. <laughs> now back up north, right? Was that like a last okay, last option type? This was on the table. I gotta take it. Or no, I I thought about it. So I'm just like okay, you know, my mom's Jamaican and Cuban. Wait, wait, hold on. Say yeah. what? Where at? No, huh? My dad's from Kingston, Jamaica. They live in oh, Portland. From oh, see, you okay. never know. Wait, see, <laughs> it's crazy. You never know. These basketball people. Shout out to people in Jamaica, man. Yeah, shout I out to Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's so up. you know how it is like the easiest place to get you know citizenship is Canada back especially right. like in the 70s 80s so that's where most of my mother's family is at 
and I called family up, you know, told them about my situation, asked some friends that um, ended up playing in Canada, like Simon Fraser, um, University of Toronto, or like even York University, like yeah. what's the eligibility looking like? As a Canadian, you have five years of eligibility yep. as opposed to four, four years right. over in here um, in the NCAA. So I'm like, okay. Didn't have a good here year, didn't have a good year here. How can I get that year of eligibility back? I was just like, okay, let me start, you know, reaching out to some coaches, um, seeing who needs a player in this position because mm -hmm. obviously I'm competing with girls that are, you know, familiar out there with those programs. I'm going into a different coaching style, especially because, like, if you look at how Canada competes um, in, like, the FIBA Olympics or right. FIBA qualifiers. It's very different than how yeah. American play. So I'm having to, once again, adjust my game um, yeah. and just be, like, a student. Once again, like, being a student never stops, especially, like, if this is something that you want to do and you want to create some sort of longevity within this career. So I end up going, you know, up north. I go to York University. I was my red shirt year there just mm. because I had already used my NCAA eligibility up and there was like mm -hmm. this rule that they had you couldn't play that year you had to sit out so um was there kind of got my feet wet got a feel for you know Canada and stuff like that and I end up going to one of the Ryerson University workouts and at the time the coach was um one of the national team coaches um she's now like the assistant women's coach out there but I got there, she liked my game, um, I ended up making that switch, and I found myself in Canada, living with family for a little bit, because I'm like, I have to figure out how to navigate out here and just, like, yeah. get comfortable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a journey woman, a journey woman. Oh, my but God, like you it, say, it's <laughs> not been easy. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, and I think that's the purpose of what why we're doing this right now, too, to let people know, like, it it's not necessarily yellow brick road but you get there right but like yeah. you said keep going um you're gonna have to adjust you're gonna readjust and you know your case right multiple times readjust um like last week i was telling um eddie coach dj eddie that you know cam oliver said he had to readjust like adversity right he was a six eight kid working in dollar general for a minute yeah you know what i mean like everybody's like, what are you doing here but yeah. he's like look he had to go back refocus shout out to his wife who was like look you're gonna play basketball get this done <laughs> you know go to college so i mean you had to adjust so i definitely uh Props to you. Like I said, just not don't quit. Um, get to Canada. Get on the court. Uh -oh. <laughs> and you know, what I mean, I'm, I did a lot of research because I'm like, man, the story is crazy. Like it's dope, but just um, seeing how the up and down went for you there, and then the perseverance, though. Right? Yeah. Um, Canada is a different beast. Um, I think that was like my first taste of like overseas lifestyle, and it kind of helped me, especially like getting ready for the pros, um, just what to expect. But being over there in Canada, it was definitely um, it was definitely different. I experienced a lot of like culture shock. Um, I'm trying to do my best to give the coach what she needed from her point guards mm -hmm. in that position while competing with like four other point guards that are on the team and Dope. two happen to be fifth year seniors and they're getting ready to graduate so they have to get politics their time there's that. the politics yeah. that come into play so once again i'm faced with adversity and i'm trying to figure out how to handle it make the most of it especially with me you know my end goal especially once university finished i wanted to play overseas like Dope. that's been my dream since i was like a little girl that's um so yeah, I had to face all of that. Um, when I did get my opportunities to play, I made sure I made the most of it. 
didn't let the politics really affect me. But um, I think I had some really great teammates that just like saw what I could bring to the table and they did their best to, you know, keep that positive energy going. It just helped me um, That's what's just up. really push through. That's what's up. Yeah. So before we get into these pros, <laughs> she saw the gift I brought her before the show started, but it's okay. But also she plugged me. <laughs> Let's get over here. Oh, man. She definitely plugged me. She plugged me, man. Like I said, <laughs> man, with the, the WBA t-shirt. And is this a hoodie, too? Oh, yeah, I got and you I'm a hoodie. See, yeah, I'm, it's all love in there, out there. I'm, I'm definitely going to the games next year. We definitely <laughs> hey, support support the league, support the players, because a couple are, like I said, I think Allie Green plays in it from Sacramento, a couple other people, too. But um, it's dope. Like I said, follow on Instagram. Um, shout out to them in the, in the league. It's, it's, they're moving around. They're traveling. They're playing in the games. Like I said, um, it's some it's some nice some nice game action going on. It's it's to me it, it, it's intense. Like they those women are getting after it for a purpose. And again, shout out to the WBA. So before we get into the well, as we get into this pro transition though, right? So was it ever a goal like from you, like you knowing I'm going to be I want to be a pro, or when did that when did that phase goal come about? Like okay, now I want to make this a a career, a journey, or a way I can pay my bills as an adult after college. Mm. Um, just like bringing it back to like just some of the things I was taught as a as a kid, like words have power. Um, I was very intentional with what I wanted to do. I knew that I always wanted to become a pro, and in order to get there, it wasn't just going to be handed to me. I needed to like work. Like I know you read up on my stuff. Yeah, I did. probably saw I. <laughs> finished college averaging like 3.4 points per hey. game so you're like wondering nope. how did she get from point a not even i'm kind of jealous i was <laughs> like man that was me i didn't score no points in college i was a you know defensive guy but i was like yeah but the work right you clock i know you clocked more hours than i did but it was that you knew that was your purpose from there i, I kind of knew i was going to get into coaching quickly i was mm-hmm. like okay but not knowing i could have put some more time in to give me opportunity at least to give it a 10 so no i'm definitely yeah. not showing no shade i was like hey you did that <laughs> you did that right Prove them wrong. So, you know, that summer, I really had to change my focus. Um, I put more hours in the gym. I probably spent like two grand that summer trying to figure out like what. You had to invest in yourself. It, you, that's the biggest thing, especially at this level. You need to be able to invest in yourself mm-hmm. if you want others to invest in you. Right. And I knew that, you know, I'm going to take a small loss right now, but it's going to pay back later on, especially if Mm -hmm. this is something that I really want to do and this is what my heart is set on. Um, So that summer, went to this combine, did this league, traveled, pretty much burning myself out a little bit, Yeah, you know. And then my friend uh, Jasmine Perkins, she tells me about this combine in Seattle, and this is where I meet Daniel Viglione. Okay, so I go from a person that is on no one's radar. I'm in the bracket or the group of the people that are, you know, trying to get noticed. Mm -hmm. The pros come and play later on. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, the girls that are there, these are girls that, you know, didn't make training camp for the WNBA, but they're looking for their next opportunity overseas, as Mm -hmm. well as other players that are looking for opportunities overseas. So I'm there, my first game. I'm like, okay, I see what I'm up against right now. Just go out there and play because this is what I've worked hard for. This is how this is why I've put this many hours in. So I get out there. I play. I definitely stand out. They move me up. 
that's the, that's the point. <laughs> they move me up. I move into the next group. I'm with the pros. I'm playing against girls like Jessica Thomas. I played at um, University of Miami. She's a very good Euro Cup player. Um, I'm playing against a couple other players. You know, one of the coaches from... I think at the time it was like the San Antonio Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star he team. was there. Um, and I'm playing against a bunch of other great players. The team that I am on during that time, we end up winning the little championship for the combine. And I go from someone that's on no one's radar to one of the players that make top 20 in the camp. That's the go- that's, that's it. That's it. So I think at that point, it really helped me like boost my confidence up because I'm just like I can I can do this. I'm playing against these players. I'm 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 going out there and giving my all, and I'm making plays, and I'm making my teammates better. And you know, coaches are really they're they're looking for me now. So I'm like, okay. After that whole combine is done, I'm like, okay, what are the next steps? Hmm. No one's teaching me how to make a resume, a player resume. Right. No one's telling me how to put film together. No one's telling me how to like reach out to certain mm-hmm. people. So I'm teaching myself all this stuff where I'm asking my friends that have gone through this process so they can teach me so I can go back and like get it done because signing period is about to start. You know, mm-hmm. uh, The combine finished late july we didn't get the film till like the second week of august and then signing period i know it quick (laughs) yeah so it was a quick turnaround so i had to pretty much teach myself how to do all of those things and i was so anxious for those two weeks because i'm like staying up um by my phone waiting for coaches to you know hit me back on email Mm -hmm. just because i know the eight hour time difference oh yeah so i'm like i'm staying up between like 11 and 3 a.m just to some just for someone and just like take a chance on me um i finally got a call probably like a week before the signing period was kind of like slowing down and i finally get a opportunity i go to el salvador my friends they tell me coaches tell me agents tell me they're like you need to put up serious numbers you need to do <laughs> something spectacular you need to do something amazing or you're just going to stay there you're yeah. going to be in central america you're never going to make it into europe because that's the goal you want to play on a larger platform you want to play in europe so i'm like okay i had it in my mind um i needed to go out there and just be a dog <laughs> yeah living conditions weren't the best i'm living with one of my best teammates ever karen flag our beds were like three inches apart. We're living in this one bedroom, three apartment, whatever. It was a very bad situation, but yeah, we we figured it out. The team went from winning no games to making playoffs that year. That's and I averaged 30 points per game. 30 <laughs> buckets. See now, people, again, numbers don't lie. 30 points is 30 points. I, Put the ball in the hole. Yeah. Um, and again, I have a couple, a lot people I know, NBA overseas or pros, I'm glad to you know be in my my somewhat circle or acquainted by them. But people play overseas for sure. They call it jobs, right? It's a little mm. different. They call it jobs. So you're there to do the job. You had to go score those points. But in that process, though, when you're leaving here, let me, I wanted to ask you, how was your parents feeling about this move? Because now you're not in the states anymore. Yeah, we can't call. We can't. We can call you, but you can't. We can't come <laughs> see you or take a flight just and come hop and see you. What was that like for them and for you at that point? 
Well, I mean, I grew up in a single parent household, and then like even when my mom wasn't around, I had a lot of amazing uh, mentors to step up and just fill those shoes. Right. So I had to be independent at a very early yeah. age. So leaving to go somewhere was Nothing. never really like I didn't think about like oh my god I'm not gonna see my mom oh my god I'm homesick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like let's go. go this is what I want to do. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I talked to the people that I needed to talk to before mm -hmm. I left. They gave me some great advice. Obviously, they told me that they're going to be in my corner regardless. And if I need to call them, just give them a call Dope. and we'll talk. Practice overseas. <laughs> my boys, my best friends, they just retired from Korea. Man, I don't know, 14 plus years there. He was like, initially, Jesus. they're practicing hours, right? But then as he became a veteran, as he came to do the handle his business over there, you know, he was like, okay, not practice. Nah. But <laughs> everywhere else, I know people were in like different countries, like, they practice, practice. Yeah. How long was your, or was, give me like a day in the life just as far as one of those days where you like wake up, practice, game. What does that look like for you over there? I'm going to be honest. So men and women, depending on what country you go to, especially if your team has money, practice is a little different. Yeah, you money may, money is a lot. You, a big the fact. sponsors, you may practice three times a week. You may practice four times a week. You may practice five times a week. You may practice once, and it is your responsibility to, to be, be in that gym. So, you know, the team I was playing for my first year, uh, Santiago de Maria, they had no money at mm. all. Like, we're not even staying in that city. We're staying in the capital. We're, we're staying in San Salvador because, like, it just wasn't safe enough for us to be there as imports. Right. So, you know, I'm practicing. I'm I'm making friends. I, I'm working on my Spanish while I'm there trying to figure out, hey, can I use your gym? What mm. hours are you guys in the gym so that I can come by? Like, I'm being as polite as possible, trying to make as many connections as possible so I can put my work in. Because we're playing every Saturday, regardless if I, I put my work in or not. And I'm required to win those games. Yeah. So. there <laughs> to do a job. Yeah. So, I'm in the gym every single day. I paid for my own Uber to get there. Like. <laughs> it's, it's definitely levels to it, for yeah. sure. That's, that's crazy. So, um did you ever adjust or you always or do you kind of always stay on your toes on your heels while you're there because some people settle in at certain places yeah. but you know I mean that I guess that entry level for you was like no I'm not adjusting because I'm not going to be here yeah. but some people like you know as you get as it goes on what places did you say you maybe got comfortable in and was like okay I really like it here or kind of could chill here and handle business for a while or if any I don't think you ever get comfortable overseas because something happens unless you're playing for a a club that has money like okay. unless your your contract everything you right. know x's and o's i's are dotted everything's good like i know my contracts even though if i've had an agent i still have to find ways to advocate for myself mm -hmm. because sometimes the clubs will try and get over on you just because like they can i've heard holding holding money waiting Hold. paying late not paying yeah I, there's I've some, some clubs stories. i'm like i'm not playing i Until need I, my money i have bills to pay just like you guys have bills to pay right. so I mean, you have thing. to, yeah. you definitely have to like let them know like what's going on. That's what's up. Or so, tell them you're going to leave. <laughs> yeah, hey, for real. I've, I've heard different stories. Like, say, people like, look, I'm not going out here until this, or send yeah. me home, or cash me out, or, you yeah. know, so I, it's, again, that, that survival mentality, that dog eat dog on another level, right? The yeah. business side of it, too, more so now, knowing the business side and how to communicate and talk yeah. and represent yourself is definitely needed. Um, overall, before you make it back to the States, how long was it a long stint overseas at different locations or how many years was it over there? Um, so like every season, I played a full season in Australia. All the other ones I ended up you know, doing well enough to get picked up to play in a better league. Okay. Um, I did play in France for like three months, but 
I was their first import, so they didn't know how to do the whole visa process. They didn't, you know, oh, wow. for, for an import. Like, I didn't even know how to do that. But I'm there with one of the guys. His name was Vinny. He was, like, he was awesome. He was the only person there that really, like, spoke both French mm-hmm. and English. So, and I had a Dutch teammate. So, um, I'm going to the embassy probably every week in November because, you know, time's ticking and I'm trying to figure out how I can stay in France because I have a really good setup there. Right. And I'm doing really well there and a lot of doors, you know, kind of opened up for me. I went from El Salvador to France. Right. That's a Not big, a lot of people that's, that's do a, that. It's a big jump. Well, I mean, 30 points. I mean, you better pick you up 30 I points. I mean, that's, 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 to that's a, a top tier country? That's dope though. Yeah. yeah France definitely is, is definitely a place where... <laughs> how did that... Was that a... Was that a huge relief off your back and your shoulders to see after you put in the work, you get the buckets, you, you spend time in El Salvador and you get, oh wait, I'm going, like you said, I'm going from a whatever, a D to A, like, yeah. was that just like a, like a refreshing moment? I mean, it was, but then like the agent that I had at the time, I think the biggest thing that I've learned just by being a professional, mm-hmm. it really is important that you have someone that represents you that has your best interests at heart because most of the time they're trying to make sure that they get a hefty 10% of whatever you're getting paid because they think, you know, they're doing all this work, but at the end of the day, it's your career that's on the line. This is your life. And if it's not aligning with, you know, what they want, then, you know, you are the one that's being affected by it. So I ended up switching agents like in August. I'm unsigned all the way up until August. I ended up meeting this one agent, um, Erez. He's amazing. He's still my agent now, but, you know, he took a chance on me and, you know, he pulled some strings to help me get into France. And I'm just like, I want people like that in my corner because, you know, we talked, we connected on a personal level, and he really saw what I was trying to do. So he was trying to help me achieve that. Super dope. Super dope. Let's talk W. UBA. Make sure I get that right. Make sure I get that right. Um, when did you get your foot in the door with that league? I got my foot in the door with that league last year. So, you know, COVID hits. Everyone overseas. I'm in Greece right now. Everyone overseas is being sent home because borders are closing. So mm. I get sent home along with all the other Americans on my team. March 16th. I'm depressed because... I didn't have a good year out there in Greece. So I'm trying to figure out what my next movie, you, mm-hmm. you you know how important it is that, you know, if you have a gap in your resume or you don't do well that, that year, it's, it's hard well. for you to get another job the next year because you're competing against people that are fresh out of college or people that have done well or locals that live there. Right. So <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm panicking, I'm freaking out. I come home because like my club didn't pay me. Like they tried to get us out, they didn't pay any of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out. I'm just, I'm scrambling a little bit, and then you know JB, um, the owner of the time at that league, he reached out to me and just kind of told me about his league that he had going on in Atlanta. And I thought to myself, I'm like, we have a lot of amazing hoopers out here in the Bay Area. I would love to be able to put this on. Um, for them just because like we don't have opportunities like this out here mm-hmm. I mean I know they had the San Francisco Pro-Am for a little you gotta bit you got to create it though you yeah. Know, yeah so and this is something I've always wanted to do like I've always felt strongly about like putting something on for my community because I'm just like <laughs> I wish I had someone mm-hmm. advocating for me like this growing up but right. I know that if I'm able to build this now the next generation especially with the young ladies that I work with like I work for the Golden State Warriors in the camps department and I'm constantly interacting with a lot of 
young girls that you know want to play professionally. They're inspired. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to have this for them. You know, once they're ready to start playing. That's super dope. Yeah. So besides the plan, what point did you get offered or want to step into this director role? Because again, that's like now I'm playing, but now you want me to advise, direct a whole. Was that West Coast, like, region? Was it California, just the state of California, or is it, like, even bigger than am I It's missing? So right now, when I started it, it was just strictly California. Initially, when it started, I was playing and You're doing both, so right? I'm yeah, I was about to say, I'm, double duty. I'm, I'm doing a lot of work, and I'm, I'm trying to set everything up, you know, while I'm out of the country. Because as soon as I come back from Toronto, um, it's tryout time. So I'm putting everything together. Um, the first year, we started with four teams during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had to make sure I had everything, you know, COVID proof, safety, you know, I I linked up with my guy, Trey, and he ended up bringing um, his COVID testing team over to the facility where we were practicing at and playing at as well. Everyone was able to get, you know, tested and stuff like that. So it just created a safe, family-friendly environment. That first year, it was rough, but, you know, a lot of people came out. A lot of people supported. A lot of women were just happy to be able to play basketball, basketball. just because it's been a, it was such a depressing period mm-hmm. of time for people. Like no one really experienced this in our generation, and I was able to kind of bring some sort of positivity into a negative time. Dope. So this was definitely a very positive step for the community. And once season ended, I saw bigger. So I was in the Bay Area. I'm like, let me let me branch out a little bit. Let me try and get this down to SoCal because they don't. I know they have the basketball beauties and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but we're two different entities when entities, it comes right? to this. Okay, yeah. So I'm wanting to help players get overseas, um, get their stuff listed on like EuroBasket mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Get them professional film. Um, so I ended up branching out to SoCal this year. I go from four teams to ten teams. Yeah, major. Yeah, That's super major, and I'm getting you know. I'm getting a little bit of attention from like the San Diego area and the, so and you the could Vegas go from area. Ten to you may see five more or something. We three, may four, see five, five more teams. somewhere somewhere like that next season. But I'm just happy that this is like it's growing and it's That's creating dope. such a positive light for women's basketball in the community out here. Well, like you said, if you create it, right, they will come. But if you're creating it, but you know, safe environment, positive, but also it, it helps all the athletes that are participating, right? So they get to get seen. Even coaches. I mean, I know coach can coach. They get, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Right? So multiple things. So that's that's super dope. Like I said, actually, it's, I did watch it last year when it first started. But I was like, it was four teams. You guys play a lot of games, but this yeah. those four teams. But then Atlanta had them a lot a different league going on. But I was like, oh, now they got California something yeah. different. And I was like, okay, that's that's dope. So going into this year, though, you, you're playing. Are you playing? You're doing dual whatever job, right? This year, I'm doing both again. I'm but now with ten teams. So I'm with ten teams. <laughs> Picks up more, but then and you're getting ready. You're going to fast forward to a playoff run. Yeah. To try to organize that. Any did it ever get crazy, crazy for you? Like, like. I think. Because that's a lot trying to do that and play and win and keep winning. I'm not gonna lie to you. This season was very exhausting mentally because even outside of just the Women's Universal Basketball Association stuff, I'm bringing two teams with me to go and play in a tournament in the Dominican Republic. So. I'm like, I'm having to juggle a, a lot, lot of hats this summer with just trying to create something positive or create opportunities for these women. Um, but I think that, you know, with me just experiencing this, I'm I'm getting 
a lot of different, you know, point of views on how to do things better moving forward and yes. just, you know, time management is so important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, we're doing, I mean, in life period, but yeah, you're doing, that's crazy, trying to play and manage and set up travel and get teams like, yeah. uh, it's other people's, you know, you know, outsource. But again, with that comes like income, right? Insource money, you need funds, money yes. to do that, right? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, but you took the, to the challenge. Um, it was very, very challenging, especially like financially. Like I know that, you know, a lot of other leagues, they have some sort of foundation mm -hmm. to go off of. They have some sort of, you know, financial backing. I'm raising all of this money by myself. I'm putting this all on because I want all these women to succeed and I want to create something positive. So, I mean, last year took on financial responsibility, but this year took on a lot bigger financial responsibility. But I know that, you know, just moving forward, I know what I need to do to kind of get better from Get better? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you hit it and learn. I mean, it grows and who to network with, what where to put your head in. Definitely who to in. network with. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're out there, y'all in Silicon Valley, you out there with the money. Yeah, out there I'm about to tap spot, into so. all of those resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a for sure thing. That's a for sure thing. Um, playoff run this year for you. Yeah. After you come back from DR, come back and get right to the playoffs. Like I said, I'm, now, now I'm watching because – and before I even get to the playoff run, yeah, I posted the video, like, right, reposted it for the interview, the little mixtape at the open gym. But I was mm -hmm. like, a lot of people was like, man, she's shifty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she she got some moves. But, again, you could tell that's that type of environment. I know, again, we know the, the organized game, whatever. You're still efficient. But that game right there, I was like, you could yeah. tell, like, that's where the game comes from. In an open run type setting. Where, and again, I know defense isn't the best highest, but also I see it translate to the games yeah. because you're so fluid doing it there. I was like, oh, this is second nature. Everybody's like, man, that was cold. Like some guys that I really know who can really get buckets. Yeah. Like, that was a cold move. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you could tell that's, that's her element right there. But I mean, I was hella views. I'm, I think like 400 for me. That's a lot. <laughs> like yeah. viewing it, like there's viewing and comments and everybody giving you props. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just the work that I was like, okay, yeah, she, she got something. I said, I'm not playing one-on-one. -on -one. Not now. I said, I right, let somebody else do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But um, get I back from DR. That. Oh yeah. yeah. It's all love. Get back from DR. You make this playoff run, and I watch some of those highlights of those games. Though. Now, that is, a, as people, again, go watch the clips of those games or highlights, whatever it is. The intensity level, because, again, you're trying to win. Like, you're oh, playing for a championship, I, right? I, I swear to God, whenever <laughs> playoff mode gets into play, everybody's mentality switches. Right. The game becomes more physical. Right. Everyone is like, okay, I need to minimize mistakes so that I can maximize opportunities on offense. So everybody's focus shifts. So... Like, <laughs> Is your playoff structure? Sorry to cut you off, but how is it? What did you guys do? Because, I mean, I know it's not one and done, I hope, right? Oh, no. It was definitely it was cutthroat. It was one and done. Oh, so There you, you know, go. That's why, though. Number one seed got a bye, yes. Right. But everybody else, they're going at each so, other. Yeah, it's like two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. We're at the fifth seed. But we have we one had, game We had one it. game. That's and dope, though. We were in the fifth seed. Like, we... Our team experienced a lot of changes in the beginning. Like, we had players, a couple of players from Stanford playing, like Brianna Robertson. Mm -hmm. You know, she's played overseas in uh, Spain. Right. Um, Kaylee Johnson, I forgot what team she got picked up to for WNBA. But we had, you know, good quality players playing with us. And then law school happened. They had to they had to make a decision. So they dropped. Uh, so we're, yeah. we're scrambling around trying to figure out, okay, what pieces can we add to the team that are going to be able to mesh well together? Because we're playing with, like, five players. I'm playing the whole game. My body's tired. I'm, I'm mentally tired. I'm physically tired. And I still have to come out here and perform every single Saturday. And you're still doing the behind-the-scenes behind work. Behind-the-scenes. Putting stuff together. 
yeah. paying whoever, doing all outsourcing, all that, and then come performing. And, I'm and I'm doing I'm doing a lot, a lot, doing everything. So you know, we finally get a good our good group going on where everyone understands what their roles are, everyone understands what strengths they bring to the table, um, and what we need to do just to you know get the job done. So you know, probably those the last five weeks of season, we all we're all dialed in. We already have our chemistry going. We know you know what this person likes to do on the court or how effective they are in you know certain positions so we're out there my guy frank is coaching us so you know he's bringing that energy he's telling us you know don't let down keep going regardless like we're gonna make mistakes but it's about how we bounce back for them so (laughs) coaching so yeah. how, how did you guys pick your coaches for that? Or how did that work out for you guys? How did I pick coaches? Oh, you might have Yeah. <laughs> well, I picked coaches based off of who's been a positive light in my life. So all these coaches that are, you know, with us this year, they've helped me at some point in my life. Like Coach though. Cameo, Brian Gardier, my uncle Jamal Sanford. Yeah. Brian, yeah. I've been, I <laughs> did not go to Piedmont for high school, but uh-huh. I was there every off season working out because, yeah. you know. Some good people, man. So we That's had coaches up. like that, um, you know, up. Tony West, um, Andrew, who else do we have coaching this year? And then some some other guys out of SoCal like uh, JT and Aubrey yeah. and um, Jesus. That's what's up, dog. Yeah. You know, that's cool. I'm like, let me put that on yeah. my radar a little bit next summer, man. I mean, like, <laughs> I just want people that really love the women's game and want to help these ladies right. um, be more professional on True. and off the court because True. it's a different, like we've like we've talked about, it's a different animal when you get You're overseas. You're building their resume, though. Right? They're building You're their resume. On their resume. You so. are a brand. This is how you need to market yourself in order for you to stay in business. So again, any any young ladies, women <laughs> ballers, please look 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 them up. If you're trying to get filmed, going to whenever if it's when do, when do you guys start uh, for next year? When does that process start for people having interest or want to get in the league? Starting like interest, that? I'm going to start sending out some information probably in January. I'm doing okay. a lot of rebranding um, between now and Christmas yeah. time, just because I want to continue to make progress and do things bigger and better. I want to be able to offer these ladies a lot more. Um, so I'll start sending stuff out in in January and then, you know, I'll let them know about tryouts. Probably going to have everything going around the same time okay. during the summer so that, you know, when the pros get back home, they have somewhere to play so that they're staying in game right. shape. They're working on what they're working on during, you know, so training. Sure. That's cool. Keep their hey. bag fresh. <laughs> y- y'all hear it, man. Be, be ready. Be on your radar if you're listening. I'm telling you, have your, have your stuff ready. Um, so at the end of every show, before we get out of here, I mean, I always definitely got to um, plug the homie Jay Gaines with Attic, also who helped link this up, man. Um, Attic, just download the app, man. If you're looking for hoop games or events in your area, um, Attic Sports, man, is, is a dope app. But I always ask my guests now, triple threat, basketball, dribble pass, shoot. But however, it's time to apply that to just any, and I, it's it's not crazy. The timing is everything. I know some five-foot-something point guard young ladies, women who are either have doing it or trying to do it right now in the high school realm or growing up, right? But just for anybody, give me your three things, your triple threat for you that you can relate to anybody. It can be in basketball, it can be in life, but just well, give me your triple threat. <sighs> My triple threat would probably be Oh, I mean, I got her good. See, I get people like that too. Sometimes <laughs> I get them sometimes too. They have to go think. Yes, it's when you got to think deep and, and dig in there, but I that means it hit home. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, my triple throw probably just have to align with, like, my core values. Okay. You know, um, really believing in yourself 
if you believe that you're deserving of this opportunity, um, just go out there and, and get it. Be realistic, obviously, but, you know, continue to push until you're able to, to, you know, obtain that goal. My second one, be kind to yourself. It's a very tough journey along the way, but you have to be able to just be compassionate to yourself. You're going to not have the best days all the time, but just know that you're going to be able to keep going as long as you're able to push through it. And lastly, give back give back pay it forward if someone's helped you along the way yeah. make sure you do that to the next person that's i think that's a big that's a super big thing that i'm glad to see you're doing it <laughs> i try to do it here i mean my family people i know friends try to do it as well consistently yeah. but also do it honestly and earnestly because again it's like somebody did something for us at one point in our time i always say everybody needs somebody or needs somebody at some point in their Definitely. life you know what i mean like you can't just get out on anybody. You know, at some point yeah. in time, somebody's looked out or plugged or whatever. Um, shout out to DJ Eddie, too, for, for looking out for me in the <laughs> studio. Like I said, just being the connection, being a good dude. We've been solid. Now I'm in here doing this. And for you, like I said, just um, it's dope to see what's in what started. But people were telling me, like, they're proud of me. But also, I'm like, okay, now you're on to something, so I'm pushing you. Like, keep grinding. Um, I, I already know we're going to link up and talk af- offline about stuff. Oh, we're going to sure. get that, that lead going. <laughs> I think, you know, just it, it's it's only right that we help push it. But also, again, uh, knowing any balls out there that want to contact with you, where can they find you or where can they locate you, though, before you get out here? Let them know. Give them your information, socials, whatever. Instagram. <laughs> hit me up. My first and last name, Fatima underscore A. That's the best way to contact me. Um, or Facebook. That's how most hoopers reach out. Yep. If yeah. you don't get that, shoot me a message too as well because I, I, I'm here to be a bridge as well. And that's one thing I think, I mean, not I think, I know that's why I'm doing this right now. <laughs> if somebody sees this and want to connect, hey, I can send a message or send a link or whatever so you can get in contact with her and then get the league going. So um, I appreciate you making the ride down. I know, you know what I'm saying, get down in, from, in, the, in the heat out here from, the, from, out from here. the Bay Area. <laughs> but um, again, I, I really appreciate you. Um, and best of luck. And continue to keep going and grinding, man. I'll definitely be in contact with you. But I'm definitely going to be watching. Like I said, hopefully, again, if I can get some new ladies out here to go watch games or participate uh, next season, we definitely work on that, too. Because they need to see it up close. Because I'm hearing talks about the WNBA potentially coming back somewhere to the Bay, maybe Sacramento, yeah. Bay Area. They're so trying it's to come to talk. the Bay. I think they just uh, to, got approved for the Coliseum. It's a little things going on. So I'm like, yeah. but, I mean, so, again, you know, I know what you're doing. You never know, right? I mean, maybe we get you back. You can see you on the court and uh, out there. You never know. I'm just, we're going to speak <laughs> it to existence, right? now right so that's what i've been told too so i appreciate you um again thanks to everybody listening tuning in one more time for you out here though louisiana the soldiers everybody praying for everybody who's lost somebody who's down there too going through something right now um just just praying for, take a second and give thanks for while we're here man and, and for those people all right um follow the website 94 feet with coach jt youtube instagram twitter actually got a facebook now too we'll late to the party but it's you know it's just for the podcast stuff though so i appreciate y'all and uh everybody stay safe peace